I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Wednesday, August 5, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? First order of business, we'll talk about the daily chart. Second order of business, we'll look down at the different time frames on the SPY. Third order of business, we'll take a look around the horn, see what we've got. We have an eye out for divergences. Remember, we're looking for a top doesn't mean it's here today yesterday tomorrow we're on the lookout for a top or a turn we don't know where it's going to come in we're in the time zone where we're on the lookout so let's get that out of the way again i need to reiterate that each night because i think it's extremely or as i love to say uber important what's the horizontal line on the screen It is 333.48. It represents a gap. That being said, let me make mention of something else. So I get a lot of emails, not a lot, I get a handful of emails about the gap, 333.48. Traders are saying, my chart says it's this, Thinkorswim says it's this, TD Ameritrade says it's that, E-Trade says it's X, another platform says it's Y. Other traders say the gap was filled Here's the net-net. Let me clear up all the noise surrounding this gap or any other price on my chart. I've done the homework. These charts are correct. If your chart does not look like this, and there's the gap, and we've seen this on this chart every single day. If your chart does not look like this, your chart is incorrect. I'm not saying my platform is the only platform to use. I'm not saying that at all. What is my platform? I get this question all the time too. My platform is TradeStation. I'm not saying TradeStation is great. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying I use TradeStation for the following reasons. A, I've used them forever, so I like my charts. I don't like change. That's reason number one. Reason number two is I know the numbers are right. The charts are right. I can manipulate them to be correct if they're not, depending on what market I'm looking at. That's reason number two. Reason number three is I get good trade executions on TradeStation. Reason number four, I don't have a lot of issues with TradeStation. I'll probably have one tomorrow. That's Murphy's Law. We all know about Murphy. But all in all, I don't have a lot of issues. So those reasons are enough to where I don't need to look for anything else. The charts are correct. If your charts don't look like mine, your charts are wrong. Next topic. Back to the daily chart. What jumps off the page when we look at the chart? They're in an uptrend. They're headed for a destination. They're headed for the gap. Now, let's talk about this for a second. I made an intraday video today for Inside the Numbers members on this topic. It was probably in a little more detail than I'll go over here, but here's the net-net. We're not 100% sure that they're going to stop short, turn around, and go back in the other direction at the gap. They may or they may not. Remember, what's the ideal scenario? The ideal scenario is they hit a number from afar. When they hit it from afar, it's usually some kind of an exhaustion point, and the market generally has a reaction in the other direction. I simplified it, but that's the concept. Here, the market has been essentially a creeping market. Beware of the creeping market. 
There's nothing good about a creep. Just to accentuate the point, here's another concept. So the market runs up and it pulls back. It wasn't ready to go anywhere near the gap at that point in time. That's fine. We're not even calling that a near miss. Then they made another attempt. They tried it up here and they pulled back a little bit, but they didn't really pull back a lot. We're not really considering that much of a pullback. It was more of a down day or two. That being said, I'm kind of eyeballing this chart as saying, hey, the market's been basically consolidating, and this isn't a real ideal consolidation. It's more of an uptrend, but it's been consolidating. They've been eating time off the clock ever since they came back up to this zone, going back and forth. Now they're breaking out. The moving averages are creeping higher day by day as long as the market creeps higher day by day. And really, they're not in a hurry to go get the gap. So maybe, just maybe, and this is one of those things of an awareness. We have to be aware. Maybe, just maybe, the final destination is not the gap, yet a higher number. Could it be new highs? Is it somewhere in between? We don't know just yet. The new highs, if they made new highs, wouldn't be that far above the gap. So now let's talk about something else. Let's talk about tradeability or tradeology. Let's talk about a hypothetical trade. So let's say a trader saying, I hear what he's saying, but I'm going to take my chances. I'm taking a trade at the gap. I don't care what he says. Let's say that's the case. What do you do? How do you trade it? What's your risk level? What's your um, wrong cut and run level? Well, let's roll back the chart a little bit so we can see the old highs. So the old high comes in at 339.08. The gap is 333.48. Now, this wouldn't be a scalp slash day slash even short-term swing trade kind of situation. This is a, I'm putting a stake in the ground and I'm betting that they're not going to go and make new highs. I'm willing to wait. If I'm that person doing that kind of trade, I'm saying my awareness is they're not going to make it easy. They're going to make it look like they're not going to ever go down. They're going to go a little bit above the gap. They're going to make it look like the gap wasn't the thing. And then all of a sudden, when nobody's looking, they're going to turn around and go back in the other direction. So I want to take a trade at the gap. That's trader number one. There are traders out there that will do this. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's an option. But if you're doing that, the real stopout is a daily close above the old high, which is several points away, if you will. You have to be willing to understand that. You have to be willing to take some pain if they're going to go above the gap. It's not a weekly options position type of trade. It's a, I'm going to take an option position on this and I'm going to take it out several months. To where? At least November, preferably December. With time on your side, even if a trader did get stopped out of that trade because they made new highs, let's just say sooner than later, the option that's out to, for example, December isn't going to get cut in half. We don't know that for a fact. I'm just saying there's enough time on the clock to where you can withstand being wrong for a while. Nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants the pain. Nobody wants to be in a losing trade, but that's the deal. If you're willing to take a trade at the gap or you want to take a trade at the gap, you really have to be willing to say, I'm doing it against the old highs. That's my take anyway. What's way number two? Way number two would be a daily close above the gap or at least that day's high. 
So you could say, and let's roll it back again. So the high of that day was 335.81. And you can say at least against the high of that day or any daily close above 333.48. And I would cut and run. A trader could do that too. That's way number two. What's way number three? And this is my preferred way at this point in time, since we're not coming from afar, we're coming from a creeping market. So my way would be to wait for a sign and or signal of a trend change. What is that? Those are the things that are identified in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. Once we see one of those, what we have is something to trade against. Something to tell us we were wrong because we have a specific spot, a specific number. And it wouldn't necessarily be above the old highs if it happened somewhere in between current price and the old high. And that's the thing where you don't have to be the first participant to the party. You just want to make sure you're at the party while everybody's having fun. So you don't really need to catch the high. So that way we'll call my way at least this time. Before we move on to other charts and stuff, I thought we would take a look at the daily chart of the futures just so you can see the same area. Looks different on the chart, but it's the same general thing. 338, 33, 38, 50 is the gap on the futures chart. This is also important to look at. We've looked at this before recently, but it's worth looking at again. Here's that huge breakdown candle. The high is 3,300.75. So right on the number, the big fat round number. One of the reasons why we were so focused this week on this big fat round number. It'll be important come Friday, where do we close? Do we fill the gap up here? Do we close below the breakdown candle? Do we close above the breakdown candle? Are we making new highs? We don't know, but by Friday, it's going to be an important place for wherever the market is in time and price. What's going on over and inside the numbers today? The pre-market commentary. Now, set the stage. They're bullish coming into the day. They're above the big fat round number. So we know, A, the big fat round number, what was once resistance, will now be support. We know that. And we also know it opens the door to the infamous gap. You see of note down here, we had a healthy list of stocks on the move today. We'll get to that later. So I just want to note for traders, sometimes when we have that, people get a little bit flustered they say how am I going to manage all this you don't have to manage it you just have to worry about the stocks that are coming close to their entries they're not all going to happen at the same time under normal garden variety market conditions and secondly they're not all going to happen anyway some will happen it's unlikely they all happen once in a blue moon it happens but most of the time we get a handful out of a bigger list that's fine You got to throw some stuff up on the wall, see what sticks. What sticks are the numbers that went to their destinations or targets today. The SPY wasn't real complex today. It was in a very narrow range. So there's not a lot to talk about inside the numbers from a commentary perspective. But you want to see how we set up the day. You want to see the thought process. You want to see what we're looking at. Are we bullish? Are we bearish? Where's resistance? Where's support? You got to know your numbers. Even at that, on a quiet day, We still knew support and we still knew resistance and I'm going to show you that now. What I'm going to do is scroll up, start and stop the video whenever you like, read the notes, go back to the charts, see if I'm right, double check the work. But as I scroll up, you're going to see a couple of things. You're going to see where support was and then you'll see later on when we go back to the chart, you'll see that it was in fact 
support. And that number was, on the south side, 331.50, cited at 10.05 a.m. And even before that, we're talking resistance. Where's resistance? We said it early. I want you to double-check. 332 will be some resistance if reached early. So as the market comes up, short-term candles closing above 322. Should be 332. It's a little typo, but you get the point. That would negate the overhead resistance. Overhead resistance means they're not going to just waltz on through a number. They may go sideways for a while and eat time off the clock, and that's a tell in and of itself, but normally they're going to have some kind of a reaction or pullback. Now arranging day, you're not expecting much, and if you don't know it's a now arranging day, you take what the market gives you. You know the routine five-minute chart right of the vertical today's activity. What do you know? 332 was in fact overhead resistance. It's overhead resistance whether the market goes sideways for a while or collapses. Either way, it's still classified the same way as overhead resistance. It's not overhead resistance if a number or an area, a zone, does not stop the market from going up. So therefore, 332 was in fact overhead resistance. The other number you saw on the board was 331.50. 331.50 was in fact support. Know thy numbers. Moving right along. What you'll see here is the theme is not a lot's going on. It's a paint drying kind of day. You know the routine. Watch paint dry. And here's an intraday video. You don't see these a lot. This is the first one that I ever made. I like the concept. I had something on my mind. I could have typed it out and shortcut it, but I decided to over deliver and make a video. I think it's a cool thing. I think traders will get a lot out of videos. Today was an example. It was a test. I got some good feedback, but you never know what might show up in a video halfway through the day and moving right along. And as we get into the afternoon, the market was basically just in a chop shop. It hardly went anywhere all day. Into the end of the day, they went down, they went up. They do that. It's an anything goes into the end of the day type of situation. We know that. What about stocks on the move? It was a laundry list today. As you'll see from this list, four hit their entry targets. Really five. We had one that jumped the first target, but it hit the second target. So we'll go with five. MCHP. WW, Twilio, Court, and the target jumper was NEWR. Let's go over and take a look at the chartology, microchip tech. So you can see this one comes down, comes up short, has the rally, has the reaction in the other direction, comes back, comes up a couple of pennies short, does it later. This was, at least for me, a no trade. These happen sometimes, we can't control it. We can't control exactly what the market does. What we can control is our numbers. If a stock comes into my number, our number, fine, I'm willing to take the trade. If it plays games with the number, either I had the wrong number or they're just playing games and I don't want the trade. I only want the trades that have the highest probability of working out in my favor or our favor. That's why we only take the trades that come into the number in the manner in which they do. We follow the rules. We paint by numbers. And when you do that, I assure you this works. What's the takeaway? 98.18 or something within a few pennies of that was in fact, without a shadow of a doubt, support. Now think about this for a minute. The stock closes the prior trading day at 107.31. Getting a buzz cut at the open, 
Long before the market even thinks about ringing the opening bell, we come out with a price of 98.18. Maybe it was 98 and a quarter. Whatever the number should have been doesn't matter. The point is that was support. How about WW International? Two numbers on the board, 24.21, 23.81. The first number, you can see what happened, came pretty far straight into the number, did the thing that it was supposed to do, the high was 24.95 shortly thereafter. Did the thing they were supposed to do. Traders take profit along the way. Comes back down. If they're still holding any, you're stopped out. But guess what? Goes to the second number. New trade. Now, in this case, it wasn't really a new trade because they basically ate time off the clock most of the afternoon before they got there. So we don't want that. It looks like it's going to go lower. It can go lower. They're eating time off the clock. What they're doing is they hung out for a cup of coffee looking like they're going to a different destination. Lo and behold, both numbers work anyway. You don't know that's going to happen. These aren't the same trades when this kind of thing happens for a couple of hours during the day, an hour and a half during the day leading into the afternoon. These aren't the type of trades we're looking for. We're looking for the thing that happens early in the morning, straight shot, nice reaction, take your money, put it in your pocket, slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Twilio, rodeo. This one is one of those things. We had some front runners. There were a lot of traders that made a lot of money in Twilio. The one that didn't was yours truly. The low in this candle, 269.47. My number on the board, 269.45. You can chalk that up to a spread. Front running, wrong number. They run up like $11. Here's a high of 279.95. Just short of 11 bucks. All the way back down, satisfy the number, go all the way back up another 10 bucks. Rodeo de jour, takeaway, 269.45, give or take, was in fact support. Stock closed at 283.75. How do you do that? You have to know thy numbers. We do this day in, day out. I used to like milk duds, but I don't like duds in this form of a dud. N-E-W-R, jump the first target, so it's off the table. 55.70, second number on the board, immediately activated on the table, didn't do anything. It went basically in a chop shop formation after finding low. They went back to the number slightly above. This is a scratch. It's a no thing. What's the takeaway though? Well, here's a takeaway. A, the takeaway was that was the number, but they hung out for a cup of coffee, which means we could still see lower prices maybe even tomorrow or some point in the future. But here's the other thing, and I harp on this all the time. The reason I harp on it is because it's important. The numbers are still important from a stop-loss perspective. They're not arbitrary. So the stop on this particular trade, and I know it was cut off the right side of the screen, you'll have to take my word on it, was 54.50. There's 54.50. It's a blue line. So the stock actually went down a buck below that, but the stops are hourly closes. So the first hour closes at 10.30. So this is early in the day, 9.50. So it's not close to the stop. Look what happens as they start getting closer to the first hourly close. They start rallying away from 54.50, or at first they start rallying to 54.50, and then they get above it. So look at this. So here is 10.20, 10.30 is over here, and they're above 54.50. The stops are there for a reason. What is the reason? It's a number that based on my analysis, I don't believe that under normal garden variety market conditions, they're going to close hourly below. 
If they do, then the entire trade was a debacle and it was wrong. We don't go into the trades with the premise they're going to be wrong. We go in believing we're going to win 100% of the time with the awareness that we can't possibly win 100% of the time and the 80-20 rule applies and about 80% of the time these trades are going to work out which also means about 20% of the time these are losers. Some are little tiny losers, a handful are bigger losers. That's the way this business works. It is what it is. We know that. We have to be reminded, but we know that. Let's get back to Smiling Central. How about C-O-R-T? Pretty self-explanatory. Look at this haircut. Closing price of $15.74. The stock at $13.47, slightly below, decides to find stability, turns around, heads back in the other direction. Why is that? Because we found the support long before the market opened for business. Keep in mind, this is a $13.5 stock. Here, the high is, in fact, $14.68. That's a $1.21 bounce away from the target entry. Put it in perspective. $0.14 cents is 1%. How you doing? Traders take some profit along the way, and the ones that follow the rules, painting by the numbers, are able to hold on for the ride. That's how you can turn some of these trades, and this was a good example, into risk-free, emotionless trades. We would never let the remaining portion of our position go negative. What does that all mean? So say I bought 1,000 shares at 1347. Say I sold 500 shares at 1365, 1370, some number. Pick a number. But what if I still had 500 shares and I just said, you know what? I'm not going to let it ever go below my entry. So guess what? It never came back to the entry. Here's even a five-minute chart. All you had to do was nothing. You could take another half of the remaining position off at some other number. You can ride these things until you decide enough is enough, or you can trail a stop. There's a lot of ways to skin the trade. There's no right answer and wrong answer. There are philosophies, there are strategies, there are tactics, and you use which ones fit into your comfort level. That's pretty much a wrap on stocks on the move. Here's a 120-minute chart of the SPY. Just wanted to point out that we've got another one of those bullish, flaggish kind of things going. Now, sometimes they fail, and when they do, they have to come down and fill the gap, and then they have somewhat of a reset or restart. But above the moving averages, the trend remains higher. There's a gap above. The gap is generally magnetic. So right here, when you look at this, you don't anticipate what might happen on a failure or something like that, what you say is, here's the duck, this is what the chart looks like, here's the read of the tape, and we have an awareness of the other side. That's the way you approach these things. You take it at face value, the duck. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's going to be a duck the majority of the time. Sometimes we take a hood off, it's an ugly duck. That's the one where they're down filling the gap tomorrow morning. And those type of situations are really sponsored by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. Do we have anything doing in the IWM? Well, interestingly enough, they're at 153.79. Where have we been saying the IWM is going? 153 and change, 154, something in that neighborhood. Is this all it has to be? Not necessarily. For example, let's do the same or similar exercise that we did in the SPY before. Did they gap up here and eat all this time off the clock to go up 
Remember, first they went up and they hit 150, but that wasn't really the destination right here. So what they did was they ate time off the clock. Did they do it all this time to go up to 153? Probably not. This may be a way station that may be another destination some other place. What's the next major area of overhead resistance? For me, it has to be about 156 to 156.50. Did an uptrend, it's bullish, had a very good day, 1.9% up against the SPY that was up basically one half of 1%. Leading in the upward direction, my favorite market leading indicator of note, move it along. Second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Anything doing here other than what's doing? No, same routine. In an uptrend, moving averages are pointed up. They're challenging or have challenged and now just closed above the old high. There's another destination at mine. Where is it? 10,500 to 10,005 and a quarter, give or take. Maybe up to 540, 550. Doesn't mean they have to get all the way there. What it does mean is if they get there sooner than later, it will be overhead resistance. The closer they get, the more magnetic those numbers become and they pull the market in. Silicon Valley people, interestingly enough, the Qs didn't do anything today. They were up 9 tenths of 1%, 24 cents. That's a rounding error. However, the Qs are high on the chart. They're at new highs. We're not going to read anything into that like it's really bearish, the market's going to collapse because the Qs were not up today. We're not going to do that. We're going to recognize they're at new highs. They'll soon run out of buyers, obviously, but we're just going to take it at face value. High on the chart, well above the moving averages. It's bullish until it's not. Just like the trend is your friend until it's not. Nice day today for the financials. Remember, without the financials, the other markets or around the horn is unlikely to participate in either direction. Up over 1% today in the financials, still above those moving averages is bullish. This is a long-term eating time off the clock type of pattern. You can certainly make a case that this is a bullish flaggish kind of pattern. So I can do this from down here. The market went up and it just ate time off the clock riding the moving average. So it's kind of narrow, but look, this can go all the way up here. Why not? I know there's a lot of traders out there that are looking for a collapse in the market. The market shouldn't be up here. It's hocus pocus. The economy is X, Y, and Z. The Fed is supporting everything. I get all that. I know that. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Price is the absolute. Take it at face value. When the market turns, it turns. Guess what happens when it turns? I'll be as bearish as the next guy. Smash mouth. Interesting. Didn't go anywhere today. Kind of similar to the Qs. So that's on par. A little bit of a doji candle, but do we make anything out of that? They're at new highs. That's fine. Well above the moving averages in an uptrend. We're not going to make a federal case out of it. It's an awareness. If you want it to be a puzzle piece, put it on the table. I'm really going to look to the SPY for my sign and signal of a trend change. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, those videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.